This episode of The Bag Drop, Untold Stories in Golf, is brought to you by New Club Golf Society, a humble community of golfers connected by our love for the game. Follow us on social media with the handle New Club Golf. Welcome back. I'm Matt Considine. In our last season of The Bag Drop, we uncovered the untold stories from the PGA pros, superintendents, architects, and operators who make it possible for us to play the game we all love. To kick off our new season, we turn the mic to our members and ambassadors to show you how the community itself might be the best part of golf. Beautiful. Brendan O'Neill. We here. Welcome to the bag drop. Out here. Five iron. First Brendan O'Neill to be on the bag drop. That's right. We got a lot of we have a, a lot of Brendans in New Club's membership. Mm. I'd imagine there's probably plenty of O'Neills in law enforcement too. Quite a few, I'd say. Are you the first Brendan O'Neill of the family to be in law enforcement? Or is the there first law enforcement in the family? First person to be law enforcement in the family that I know of. So oh, really? Okay. If it's more than four generations back, I I just figured I know about it. Like we we both share some Irish heritage, so yeah. I'm always told all these stories about my ancestors. You know, being cops in Boston, and it's like oh, yeah. how we started and. Uh, I had a few uncles, I guess, that were in cousins that were in law enforcement. But your family, so nobody. Not a one. Wrong. No, first one. How, uh, how'd you get into just, it? So when I went to IU, I, uh, I was in the business school, and I ended up getting a finance degree. Um, but you know, fi- freshman year I didn't have a job. Parents kind of like, hey, sophomore year you got to start paying, you know, paying for your your extra activities, and uh, and I took a criminal justice class purely for an elective for fun. And uh, the guy that turned out to be my lieutenant uh, at the police department later, he would give a presentation uh, to the basic criminal justice class every semester. Like, hey, we have this program. It's a police academy. It's not, don't have to be a criminal justice major. It's totally separate. You get a job, you get a recommendation, you get paid. I'm like, you know, that sounds cool. You could do a ton of jobs from that. And uh, and I got really interested and I looked on, into it and I applied and got in and you got to be like a cadet for a year which is kind of like glorified security guard and um, <laughs> but it's it's a weed out process and then after that the next summer you go through a real police academy and i use one of five or six in indiana and it's credited and i worked for them for two years and then when i graduated uh, i obviously decided to stick with it uh, instead of going the business route i when i lived in ireland uh for study abroad i worked at the bank of ireland and so i i kind of tested the waters of you know business and law enforcement obviously and i i really liked uh getting paid to shoot guns and drive cars fast and chase after people and uh so yeah i stuck with that for now there you go there you go so the police academy was actually part of iu iu runs its own it's it's still state accredited and they obviously have a police department every university pretty much has a police department that is just like any other department of a town or city and uh but it is a full-on academy it's exactly the same tests actually the standards are higher because Everybody tends to be a little bit younger, mm. you know. Physical standards are a little bit tougher, and they do the bump the academic standards up a little bit. So, gotcha. Yeah. Where when you were in those cadet days, did all like your your college buddies drinking underage now like get real quiet around you? Or did... it was a, it, it was interesting. It's always forever been interesting being a policeman and, and having friends. Of course, not everybody follows the law, and that's fine. Uh, that's how life is. But um, <laughs> it, it's no, you know, you, you you do find out who your true your true friends are, so to speak. You know. Some people, you know, kind of became distant, and mm. uh, especially in college, because that's when everybody tends to start breaking the law if you haven't already. So, uh, 
yeah, it was interesting. But, you know, my, my longtime friends from high school, nothing changed. I was always, you know, we're just close friends. So. Yeah. 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 That's, I, I, hey, I'd give anything to have a close friend in law enforcement. <laughs> Are you kidding? That sounds awesome. It has its perks. <laughs> um, when, uh, you know, all of us talk about our, our jobs and they tend to stress us out, is being a police officer, is that a stressful job? Yeah. It's, it's quite stressful. Um, you're talking shift work, uh, difficult leadership sometimes um you know fighting for vacation days days off you know not getting weekends off not getting holidays off having to work sometimes on those big you know christmas thanksgiving being away from family uh it's stressful and then the nature of the job itself i mean you see um depending on where you work you see some truly horrific things sometimes i mean you, you see a lot of good stuff too i mean it's not a you know it's a tough time to be a policeman no doubt about it, uh, compared to, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. But, um, it's all what you make of it. You know, yeah. I go, I try to go to work every day with a good attitude and, you know, some days are real slow and not a lot happens and, and some days are super exciting and some days you get a lot of both. It could be zero to a hundred just like that. That's how it goes. So was but there, yeah. was there a, uh, <clears throat> I mean, you obviously chose law enforcement over the finance route for, mm-hmm. for good reasons. And it seems right. to be, that it panned out for you. I mean, you're yeah. one of the happiest guys that we spend time with, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, I try to be. Was there was there a time in your you know, your career so far where you said uh, maybe a specific instance where you're like, you know what, this is why I became a police officer. This is why I chose this route. It's the positive times. Like, you know, you, in our world, you see a lot of negative and like on the Internet and in the media and, and you don't tend to see a lot of the positive And that's the same at work. I mean, if you focus on, you know, the bad calls where you're seeing, you know, bad things happen to people that, you know, are innocent victims of whatever crime that kind of brings you down and you kind of have to compartmentalize it and deal with it and move on and, and have a smile on for the next person. Because if you don't, then, you know, you're not giving them the good service that they need because they're also having a bad day. But it's the good moments, like things with kids, and when when you get the thank yous and you get the appreciation when somebody buys you your coffee or your or your meal, um, or you just have a good experience. I mean, hard to think of specific examples because I've just there's so much that happens every day. But it, there's definitely the good moments that remind you why you do it, and and there are good people out there, and the good it certainly outweighs the bad, even though sometimes it's the bad is thrown at us a little bit more. Yeah, I, I could imagine. Does the you mentioned public perception of you know, law enforcement has obviously taken a hit, you know, in the mm-hmm. last decade or yeah. more. Um, what is it that do, do you think in, in Chicagoland specifically, you know, you're a, a police officer in, in Indiana, but right across the border. And mm-hmm. obviously it's still kind of the same geo uh, area. Yeah. We, we moved border Chicago and is it Gary. T- and is it tougher here? Like for the, like your, your classmates that were at the police academy with you that are probably, I don't know, Midwestern, mm-hmm. closer to farmland, you know, right. Indiana. Is it different for you than it is for them? Do you talk to those guys? And- oh, yeah. I stay in touch with them. Uh, it's different because of the, you know, urban versus rural certainly has a thing to do with it. I mean, crime is crime. I mean, it wouldn't matter the demographic or the, the cityscape or whatever. But you know, when you have a higher concentration of people, you certainly have a higher concentration of worse things going on. Um, Chicago's tough right now. Chicago's got a lot of attention. And it's, again, it's it's about how much what's being fed to you and kind of what you're seeking out and things like that. But Chicago is just a tough place to be. I mean, there's, there is a lot of crime here. And it's, you know, the department has got their face in a lot of speculation. And, and they're, they're under a microscope. And it's that would be one place to be, I would say, is the toughest place to be a policeman right now is Chicago toughest place without a doubt and we border them yeah and 
it's it's kind of night and day sometimes. But we like I said, we have our fair share of issues. Do you do you compartmentalize? You know, like the tough days. You mentioned when it gets hard, it's it's, it's tough. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing your your hard days are harder than most of ours that are you know at a desk job. Yeah. Um, do you compartmentalize? Are you able to block that stuff out, or is it just how do you approach that? You have to because you know you like I said you have to you have to approach the next call with the best attitude you can because that person has nothing to do with what you just dealt with and and you can't you can't take that out on them or blame them or anything like that you know you're doing a job um and you have to compartmentalize it and you have to let it out in healthy ways you know golf is obviously one of those things one of those releases for me um you know i i am totally able to relax 98 percent of the time on the golf course you know i think most of us even you can have a bad day on the golf course rarely but um but yeah, you have to you have to be able to compartmentalize it, but you have to let it out in a healthy way. I mean, yeah. th- there are very unhealthy ways to let it out or keep it in. Um, you know, it's great that mental health is seeing so much more attention in our society because it is a problem, and there needs to be less of a stigma on it. And that applies to you know soldiers, police officers, firemen, EMS workers. I mean, a ton of people have PTSD from all kinds of things. It doesn't have to be battle. It can be just seeing terrible things happen to people who don't deserve it so and is that that's talked about a lot now a lot more which is a great thing you know there's some federal laws that were passed um recently you know the president just passed a law last year uh giving uh, specifically giving federal aid to police officers and the mental health of police officers and i'd like to see that get expanded to you know firemen and and ems other first responders too just like the veterans are the veterans soldiers have that kind of help as well yeah now i'd imagine it's such a uh you know, machismo type of uh, uh, role, right? You're oh, doing yeah. tough guy things. It's and, alpha all day long. You and, know, and I'm sure that it. doesn't help when you're, you know, having people that are struggling with certain issues like PTSD and, and they're not able to, to voice it. I mean, I could, you know, you, you look like a tough guy, but I've seen you have a soft side. You got that, that <laughs> chiseled beard. Oh, yeah. And that, you know, big old truck of yours. That's right. Um, but golf can help with that. Absolutely. I mean, I know for myself, and I've talked to a lot of members that that's that is what golf is for them. It is a place that they, you know, feel mentally healthy when they're done. Absolutely. Do you? Uh, is that the reason you play? What, what's the main reason that you get out there? Relaxation is a hundred percent a part of it. One, it's just my personality. I kind of crave a challenge. I'm not the world's best golfer, as you guys have seen. I mean, I've certainly gotten better over the however long I've been playing. Um, but that I think it's almost better that I, I'm getting better slowly. You know, if I was, you know, a pro tomorrow, you know, that I don't know if that would really satisfy kind of my craving for a challenge because it is difficult and you you have those good shots, those good days, and that's what keeps you coming back. And but it's easy to relax on a golf course. I mean, I love getting out and having fresh air and a new club has gotten me to walk so much more, which I really enjoy. And and just, you know, if you're playing with good people who are just there to have a good time and not worry about necessarily how, you know, grinding for the score or or this and that focusing on a bad shot and that's one of the things i particularly love about new club is i have not played golf with a single person in the club that was unpleasant and it's shocking in society maybe this is just a bad way of thinking about it to take three or four hundred people put them together for however many events we do and i can 100 percent honestly say like i have not found one person like that i don't agree with that has a bad like, personality i don't agree with that's it, it's it's it's, it's yeah. an interesting study almost <laughs> i mean it really is we've yeah. collected a, a great group of people so. it is almost like a social experiment in it a really lot of ways, is isn't yeah it? i mean we, we and i think you're a perfect example of it where uh 
our own only real commonality amongst all 300 members that we have locally, you know, hundreds of members uh, in our ambassador program. The only one real commonality is golf. Right. Now, beyond that, there's obviously a bunch of things that we're finding out about each other and being from, you know, maybe a, a similar area or having similar interests. But, uh, you know, that's it. It's just so interesting to me that when you talk about things like character and values. Oh, yeah. It, 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 I, I agree with what you're saying. It, it definitely is a game that lends itself to a high quality character. Yeah. And, every, and I think a lot of people have that, you know, a lot of people in our club like to be out to relax and it's a release. It's a release from maybe a break from family or for, certainly from work, I think, for everybody. Um, and, and that's, you know, I think that's an important part of golf is just enjoying it and having fun. You've turned me on to a lot of cool things in the golf industry that I just like oh, nuanced weird little things on mostly the internet. I'm guessing where you find these things. I spend but a lot of time in there. You do. And, and I love that you get into uh, different obsessions. Yes. I, I'm a, I can be a very obsessed individual myself mm-hmm. on currently it's curling. Um, but <laughs> what, what's your current obsession? Cuba. Tell me what Cuba is. I'm going to Cuba in oh, the country. two weeks. The Cu- <laughs> Sorry. The, the country Cuba, yeah. of Cuba. Viva. Um, yeah. Only because it is something going on right now. Me and a couple of guys from work are going to Cuba. And it's always been this, um, you know, everybody's like, well, you can't go to Cuba. You can't do that. There's laws, there's restrictions, there's rules. And that's true. You have to go to Cuba for very specific reasons. And it obviously has to be true, the reason you're going. And um, But I researched it. And there's a couple travel bugs at work. And uh, and I kind of told them, I was like, you know, I've always wanted, really wanted to go to Cuba. And they're like, well, shit, I'll go to Cuba. And I'm like well let's plan it and we did and it's come up real fast and it's great and we're really excited it's a couple i think two weeks um we're gonna go for four days and just explore the the country that is kind of unexplored for americans for the rest of the world you know like tons of canadians go there it's a regular vacation spot it's like mexico for americans but for canadians right which is kind of wild that you know with the long history of government policy we can't go there um but obviously we're going for a real reason and, and we have like plans to back that up and uh and it's surprisingly not that difficult to go. Uh, if you look up the rules, it's it's quite easy to make the trip there as long as you follow the rules. Yeah. Um, and it's just a it's just such a beautiful country. It looks like I can't wait to experience it. So that's researching that things to do. You know, I'm a big cigar guy, so oh, know, yeah. Cuba for me yeah, is. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Cigars are big, and that's going to be a big part of the trip, and and golf too. So I'm really hoping to get at least nine. Cuba has one 18 hole golf course. It's about two hours from Havana, and there's a great beach that we want to go to regardless in the same town. All right. So, are these uh, guys, are you golf buddies you're going with? No, or? no, they don't. Well, they we, we used to have a, a Hammond PD golf league, and one of them played in it. But, no, they, they wouldn't be golfing like, like we would golf. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I think I'm going to sneak away for at least nine over there. And uh, so update to come on, on Cuban golf. Can't wait. So yeah, that's the obsession. Finding out all the little cool things about the country that I know how you, know, you like your cigars. So you probably went deep on these. Are, oh yeah. Are you gonna like when you get off the plane? You're just gonna go to the Seven Eleven, pick up a, just a cigar them. there. That's like just probably one after another. <laughs> just no, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll have a lot of them, and and you can bring them back. You can bring back fifties. Uh, the rule. You can. Okay. Yeah, you can. Surprisingly, you can bring back rum too when the rum is supposed to be very very good. Um, but I'll be bringing some back. I'll be I'll be having a lot there, exploring. Uh, we're going to go to, I think, at least one factory, do a little tour. So, yeah, I'm very excited. It kind of combines all of uh, all the things I love. Uh, another just with your fascinating interest. I mean, you kind of do spread. Mm-hmm. Every time we play golf together, I feel like we don't, kind of like this podcast, we don't really talk about golf. 
which is the way I like to play golf, right. weirdly enough. Like I have enough going on in my head related to my own game and the course, and I'm paying attention to that stuff. But I feel like you're just filled with just fascinating little tidbits. What Useless you, knowledge is what I call it. <laughs> or, or some would call it useless. <laughs> I don't. Um, if you had to host a podcast, what, what would the topic be? It can't be golf-related. What would your topic for your podcast be? So funny enough, this just was – I was just out with fiance and uh, two good friends of ours and somebody was like, you know, Brenda, you should, you should really start a podcast. And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, you're just like, you're so passionate about these, these different topics all the time. And I kind of do go on tangents every now and then. And I'm like, well, maybe I just call it the angry cop podcast or something like that. And just like talk about anything that comes in my head, like whatever, whatever's bothering me that week or whatever. I just want to like, what I, whatever I'm obsessed with that week, like, no, I'm just going to talk about Cuba for two hours or something like that. Um, so I don't know if it would be – if I were to have a podcast, it would be anything specific. I think it would be like kind of how my mind works, just like random thoughts of the the minute. And that's <laughs> like kind of like, kinda like Joe Rogan. I mean, Joe Rogan's got a phenomenal true, podcast, yeah. and, and his him and his guests usually don't have a ton of a script. Um, but it's it's so entertaining to watch because it's it can be kind of similar, just yeah. like passionate conversation about a random topic. Yeah, I, 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 I tune in. The Angry we'll, Cop we'll just, Podcast. We'll just record, yeah, we'll, I'll just record you next time we're on, on the course together. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about Ireland. Yes. So you and I originally, one of the topics we connected on was Ireland and Irish Absolutely. golf and traveling around and all the culture over there. Tell us about, uh, obviously it's in your genetics, your, yeah. your family's from there. Um, what county are they from? So my heritage is all Irish. Uh, my mom's side we know more about, which is Kerry. Uh, my dad is kind of distant in Dublin. Uh, but O'Neill's super popular. We probably originated up in Ulster somewhere. Um, but Kerry is where we really connect to. My uncle's done a ton of research on the family. We know exactly where we're from. We visited grave sites, stuff like that. Um, were they hurlers or footballers? Kerry's a football county. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, they would they would have been footballers. Yeah. Um, See, so yeah, I've been to Ireland four times. I love it. It's the greatest country in the world. I don't care what anybody says. Equal to America. I guess I shouldn't, I shouldn't trash America. That's, I'm not doing Chinese. It's a little smaller than it's, America. It's a little bit. Ireland is incredible, and, uh, as you know. And uh, three of the four times I've gone, I've been able to golf. Surprisingly enough, the longest I was there was when I lived there in college for a study abroad. I didn't golf once, and um, I didn't really leave Dublin a ton. But, um, but I also didn't golf a lot in college. It was kind of my life hiatus, and I, I regret that. But, it, you know, things went how they did. Uh, golf in Ireland is incredible. Uh, Bailey Bunyan in Kerry is is the mecca for me and my family is from right near there if you kind of trace it back some of them are from Bailey Bunny and some are from a town called Moy Van which is near Lestole mm-hmm. which is a very yeah. short drive from Bailey Bunny um, so you know my grandfather always talked about Bailey Bunny and he was a big inspiration to me in getting into golf he's been golf nuts since he was you know 20 um, ma- one of the major reasons I golf he's 93 and he still golfs and that- he can you know w- what he can do so mm-hmm. I think I remember reading that was your role model, right? Growing yes. up in the game. Yeah, That's he was definitely my role. He was, when I was a little kid, he got us into golf. And, you know, when I really picked it up in high school, uh, he was, yeah, we would always be hitting balls. And, you know, the man lives for it. He, he, he had, he's on the driving range, you know, was on the driving range every single day. That's awesome. And so, you know, hearing about golf in Ireland from him and my uncles and really inspired me, I had to get out there. And uh, when I when I made my later trips with uh, my now fiance, because her family's from Ireland, they her grandparents still live there. Her dad's actually like actually is Irish, ah. so uh, 
great excuse to go to Ireland a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, You're just looking at ways to, to consistently get back. I know you, you oh, try yeah. to get back there every year, it seems like. Yeah, this year uh, with the wedding coming up is going to be the first one we're not going to go, which okay. is understandable cost-wise. But, yeah. but we'll be back, I'm sure, maybe the year after that. And uh, What was always your, your – uh, you know, because I, th- I think the Irish people – um, get more typecasted than any other country that, yes. at least in that part of the world, right? They have the stereotypes and, you know, the drink and the fight and, mm-hmm. and some being true depends on where you are in the country. Sure. But uh, I was I was curious to ask you with all the trips you've made over there, what did you find to be the most um, unsuspecting part of uh, the culture there or something that maybe surprised you based on what, what you always kind of grew up thinking? I don't know if it totally surprised me, but it kind of the degree that it was true surprised me. The hospitality, like you, know, I think a lot of times you hear about how nice the Irish people are, and they truly are. I mean, but it it was it's almost to a fault how far some of them will go to help you, like with accepting nothing in return. Yeah. You know, rides here, rides there, or or this advice, or you know, why don't you stop and have you know have a have lunch, have tea. It's it's crazy, and, and I don't I don't know if I can think of a specific example, but but just everybody is over the top nice, and not in like a fake way, in a very real way. Like they care yeah, about yeah. helping you and yeah. making your experience better. They love Americans in Ireland. They absolutely love Americans, right. um, and uh, and it's just like they were. I always knew they were going to be hospitable, but just truly from the bottom of their heart, how nice they are and how much they want to help you when you need it. Something simple is. What really kind of was like, wow, we don't get that in America. Yeah, it almost made me feel a little uncomfortable. Like they're messing with you a little bit. I always a little bit like with almost you. like it was like because I was the. We the suspected Yankee, it like. was in, like wasn't genuine. Yeah, which I I felt awful to even think like accuse yeah. you like how dare you be so nice to me like well, yeah like <laughs> yeah. like how dare I even think such a thing you know like it, it kind of was like that yeah and and sometimes they are taking the piss out of you you know or they're well, yeah. having so, fun of course they're messing with you every now and but then. they'll still do uh lay down for you which is just um very unusual I think yeah. a, a quality of other people that is is pretty cool uh, especially when you're on your own I find like, yes. You know, when you're in a group of Americans, it is you do feel that you do experience it a little bit. But like when you're by when you're solo, which is a really cool way to play golf. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we're, we're promoting all these these golf trips, and it, it, they're 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 so special for another reason. You know, when you're with 20, 30 people, it's it's really cool. That's a cool way to experience it. I I wish more people could do what Tom Coyne does. You know, yes. I know it's a, I know oh. you're a fan of his work. Dream. Just go go play at these new places. You're gonna meet fascinating people absolutely and it doesn't have to be ireland heck i want to do this in you know pick a state like, yeah think about how, how cool of a i guess he just did that of course called america coming out but, right shout um, out tom coin <laughs> yeah you're big you're a big coin fan who else Love is Tom. uh Tom's great. you just seem to be a fan of golf and golf culture what are some other things that people that you're a fan of big fan of uh patrick koenig i think am i, am I pronouncing his last name right patrick it's reed is how you say no it. no did you see Koenig. Patrick Reed? You're a fan of Patrick Reed, aren't you? No, I am not a fan <laughs> of Patrick Reed. <laughs> no, Patrick Koenig, the photographer, I, if I'm pronouncing his name right, I'm a big fan of his work. Yeah, I think, um, yeah. I think you've met him. Um, and the, I, I really like golf photography, so I follow a bunch of different accounts. Um, but Patrick's, Patrick just has like this uh, this absolute free-spirited just that he's the happiest guy every single time he's behind camera you know he's taking videos he's he interacts with his caddies with all kinds of other friends in the golf world he's got a big fan of what he does and yeah. but i like all golf photography um you know you know what's shocked me about him because I, I i think i tried to get you to play with him because i knew this that you're a fan of him uh is that 
you know, he's so goofy on his on his feet. Very. And he's so funny in his comments. And I'm just thinking, yes. this is going to be such a clown show. I We step up on the first tee, and he, like, knew everything about the golf course we were playing, including the architects, the year it was made. And he was just, like, into that aspect of it. Right. And then he's doing high kicks. I think yeah. it's I, – I just love the levity of that man. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, golf can get a little serious at times. And, and he I golfs he, really, really well. And he's a pretty good player. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's better than he'll let you, let you lead on, for sure. Yeah, and it's sure. – you know, yeah, he, he's uh, – he's, he's He's somebody people should model their their attitude on the golf course after. I that's I, I like that. It's a good call. Um, well, I think uh, we're almost up on time. What's um, maybe one one final question? What's your uh, if you had to play one golf hole for the rest of your life, Love just question. one? What hole would it be? Belly Bunyan Eleven. Belly Bunyan Eleven. Describe it for our listeners that have not been there. Tom Watson's hole. I believe it's called Watson's. Um, par four, hmm, 400 half, maybe a little less, probably 430. Uh, along the coast, going back towards the clubhouse, which would be mm, south, actually, mm-hmm. yep. from the north point where you're kind of making a turnaround. Um, kind of a couple steps down. It's like a stack. Yeah, it's like a huge. It's like st- just stacks huge dunes of steps. The, yeah. Stacked and, on steps. I mean, if you get a good, and it's thin. These holes are thin. If you have, anybody knows anything about Bally Bunyan, and it all depends, of course, on the wind and the weather and all the, you know, your caddy's advice and whether you listen to it or not, uh, which you always should. Uh, eh, not always. <laughs> the Irish caddies are pretty good. Yeah, the Irish caddies are Irish pretty caddies good. Are pretty good yeah, I'll say. Uh, you gotta, you gotta watch it with some. Yeah, but uh, if you get a good drive and and you get it just the right distance, these steps can almost just just carry your ball all the way down uh but if you don't you can end up in a, in a real pickle between these and i'm talking they're huge 20 foot high difference in steps so you have to be very careful like walking down um but it's just beautiful and then you and then you get to this green which is kind of protected a little bit by a couple dunes and uh it, it just from the tee is just so picturesque it's crazy crazy yeah. cool and that's why i mean like tom watson huge huge in the golf world and it's his favorite and I agree. I agree with the reasons why. And you absolutely t- stunning. You actually, this this reminds me of a picture you took in the spring mm-hmm. when you were back, and I think it was just after a storm. That picture, we, we should link to this thing whenever we post. I don't even know if we're going to post these, Brendan. We might yeah. just listen to them at home, Mark and I. <laughs> um, whenever we do post it, I want to share this picture because I honestly think I, I was like, "Whoa!" No, the, 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 whatever the sun's doing doesn't make sense to me. And you didn't even filter that. Do thing. you remember where it is though? It was right there, right? It was not. Oh, it wasn't. Tralee. Number, tee box is number eighteen. Oh, probably the greatest picture I've looking, ever taken in my life. Looking uh, down the coast, looking towards like the front nine, front where nine, like yeah, that number three or four is that little tower. Um, yes, but tr- I mean another incredible golf course. Like if I really had the time, more time to think about it, I could find a ton more holes there that I loved. And me and my dad, when we played my dad's first time in uh, playing golf in Ireland just recently, um, it was re- super windy truly that day, but. This, we were we with like the last group out finished we were on the tee box at 18 at that sunset time which like you said what the sun was doing with and the the breeze had kind of eased up and so the the grasses were just kind of like nice little bend greatest picture ever taken it's crazy how good it and i didn't i swear to god i did not filter not one bit <laughs> I, know, I didn't edit it one bit and i'm I, like i don't need to at first I, I gave you shit about like hey turn the uh pro filters off bro no. but then i i looked at it again i go wait i think something wacky's going on with that i i swear 
honest nothing done to it it was just a great it was great timing like that we were on the tee box at that time and i took a bunch of other great pictures like with the the shadows getting thrown across this from the clubhouse and all the trillies got beautiful big dunes in the back nine and you know arnold palmer is one of his favorite nines and uh yeah the great picture well, you'll be uh, you'll be instrumental in helping us plan, you know, our upcoming voyages Ooh, absolutely over that way. And uh, you and Mr. Coin, both good resources oh, to yes. have. God, well, you can't beat Tom. That's he's he knows it more than anybody. Uh, any messages for the rest of membership that might be listening? I mean, if you guys, you know, people are going to be playing with you throughout the golf season, tournaments, tee times. Uh, anything you'd like to share with with them, to share with members, a message? I look forward to uh, another great season. I mean, I had a blast last year. Uh, I think the biggest thing is to what you get out of new club is what you put into it. I mean, if you want to, you want to play a lot and you're going to get a lot of great memories, a lot of great experiences. That's certainly what I've had so far. Um, Cause like I said, I mean, just some of the most genuine people just, just out here to, for the same reasons, just they love golf, trying to have a good time. Yeah. And I will add that if you are lucky enough to make Brendan a, a friend from the golf course to the real course of life, he has a giant truck <laughs> and in the city of Chicago, having a truck friend oh, is yeah. almost as valuable as having a boat friend. Absolutely. For more months of the year, actually it's more valuable, but everybody needs some, everybody truck, needs help moving. <laughs> dude. Especially when you got boxes of, of stuff laying around you, you've, uh, you've been a great help to the golf society. Mark and I appreciate you. And, uh, Man, we're looking forward to having a blast this Absolutely. year. It's kind of, we're going to be going down to Sweetens to kick things off. And Coming up soon. Looking forward to uh, playing off with you. Yeah, excited. All thanks right. for having me. Yeah, thanks, Ron. Appreciate it. On.